This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by Vivid Learning Systems and the Health and Safety Institute, episode number 16. My name is Jill James, Vivid's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Harold, who is a retired safety and training professional joining us from his home in Pennsylvania. Harold, welcome so much to the show. Well, thank you, Jill. It's quite an honor to be here today, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, well, Harold, you are the first person that we're interviewing on the podcast um, who is retired in the safety profession. How long have you been officially retired? <laughs> well, it's been uh, about a year and a half at this point in time. I uh, I, I worked for, my, my career was 35 and a half years, so uh, wow. I've been out now, like I say, almost two years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so have your safety eyes lessened their acuity or are you still noticing everything around you like the rest of us? <laughs> I think if anything, maybe they're even a little a little more intense because I find myself, you know, as, as you would imagine, I have quite a extensive list of things I, I want to get done around my, yeah. my house and my property and some other places like that. And of course, now I'm starting to get back into some physical labor. And with that, of course, you've got the safety aspect. So yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I look at, I look at mm -hmm. ladders, ladders differently now and mm -hmm. uh, oh, all those different things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't yep. that, isn't that the case? I was, I was at my, uh, my gym this morning and and uh, lift, lifting weights, and I was looking at some racking that's, um, you know, that holds the weights up, and I had noticed that one bolt wasn't in a place where there would be a space for a bolt, and I was <laughs> doing this partner workout, and I, and I said to this woman I was lifting weights with, who's also a paramedic, I said, uh, oh, there's a missing bolt in that thing, and I said, I just can't turn it off. Like, I can't turn my eyes off from noticing these things, and she said, gosh, it's got to be so annoying to be you, and I said, my eyes just spot these things, you know? I can't help it. Uh, it's, it sticks with us for for a lifetime, right? Yeah, I know, I know exactly where you're coming from. Like, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm driving, <clears throat> you know, I see other drivers doing things, and of course, you know, myself doing some things sometimes, or even like when I, I drive through a... Uh, a work zone, you know, I'll be looking at that because it's kind of one of the areas where, you know, I had some responsibility yeah. when I was in my job and, you know, I'll be looking at a work zone and it's like, oh, you know, they're not using the right sign there. They're not using it properly, that type mm -hmm. of thing. But, mm -hmm. but my wife says, just, just drive through, forget about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I can't turn it off. Hard yeah. to do. <laughs> right, right. So 35 and a half years, Harold, that's a, a, that's a long time in a career. That's wonderful. First of all, you know, congratulations. Congratulations for serving the industry and our practice for that long and, uh, and for getting to a point where you can enjoy retirement. So congratulations to well, you thank and thank you. you for the work. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. So take us back to 35 and a half years ago. How on earth did you wind up in the safety field? Where, where were you at the time and how did you find your way into it? How did I end up where I am today? Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, as, as we all have, there's many, many twists and turns in my, in my life. And, you know, you, you look back and you think, well, if I just would have gone left as opposed to right, at this one juncture, I would have ended mm -hmm. up here as opposed to there. But, you know, through the whole time, I can say I have I've had no no regrets of any decisions that I've made or anything. Basically, just to kind of start from the beginning. I, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start at college. That's probably 
that's uh-huh. probably a good place to start because usually that's where most people they're kind of their future kind of gets formed when they're in their college years and I graduated from uh, <clears throat> Shippensburg University. It's a state university within the uh, Pennsylvania university system. Mm-hmm. And I had a, uh, a major in biology mm-hmm. and a minor in chemistry. Mm-hmm. Now, what my, what my goals, at least what I thought my goals were at that time was I was, uh, I would have liked to have worked for a, uh, like a fish and game commission, something yeah. like that, or get into mm-hmm. the environmental field. And unfortunately, as we all find out from time to time, when I graduated, and that was in the 1981, by the way, so mm-hmm. many, many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of, most of the uh, federal and, and state agencies like that did that type of work, they, it, it was a period of time where they had hiring freezes on and, and that yeah. type of thing. So. Right. Okay, so I on the job search as you know we we would do when we graduate from college, and I actually became aware of a uh, a chemist position at a nuclear power plant. Now, mm. n- never never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would uh, work or even want to work as a chemist at a, at a yeah at a, you know at a foreboding nuclear right. power plant. Sounds but, kind of like your parents <laughs> might go, "What?" <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's it's like okay, so let's uh let, let's pursue this. Let's let's see what's uh let's see what's available there. So mm-hmm. I I actually went and I interviewed and see here's where my my minor in chemistry uh, paid off for me because they offered me a position as a chemist. Wow. So I started working at this nuclear power plant, hmm. and I was in that chemist position for about two years. Worked rotating shifts. You know, was exposed hmm. to all the nuclear regulatory commission um, regulations and procedures, and you know, all that very hmm. very strict formal um structure that was there which which was good i mean that was a good thing for me because throughout the rest of my life you know i i kind of kept going back to some of the practices that i learned there so i was in that position for about two years really enjoyed it you know i i I Mm -hmm. love doing that type of thing uh you know working in the laboratory chemist and all that Mm -hmm. well after about two years of that i was offered a uh a supervisory position in that same group, which was, uh, uh, that was quite an eye opener there because I was like working with peers one day and the next day I was their yeah. supervisor. Okay. And you're in your early twenties, I bet. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, I, I started mm-hmm. there when I was like 22. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> now I'm like 24 yeah. and I'm supervising these people who the day before, you know, I was a, a coworker with. So mm-hmm. that was, a. Uh, <clears throat> that was quite an education for me and, uh, you know, made it through it again. That was the type of thing that, uh, you know, it was a good, it was a good learning opportunity yeah. and that certainly helped me out, you know, as, as I, as I went through the rest of my and, uh, career. Right. Too. And so Harold, what was it like, you know, when you said it was a learning opportunity when all of a sudden overnight, essentially you become the supervisor. Yeah. What was that like? Was it, 
was it challenging or did you immediately feel like some sort of shift in a power structure and <laughs> yeah right yeah. like well, you, mm -hmm. well it, it, was, it was kind of a uh, peculiar time i guess i'll say because it's like some of the I, certainly the vast majority of my not now my employees who were before you know my coworkers, you know they accepted me they congratulated me and all that type of thing but there were a few who you know felt they should have had that position so mm, and, and mm -hmm. that was that wasn't something that went away overnight in fact i was in that position for i guess about uh you know, maybe five years or so and mm. that never really went away with with some people you know they always mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't a certainly it certainly wasn't an adversarial relation working relationship but there was always that in some folks it's like well you know that should have been me at that point in time yeah. they want they want to express that to me right right but of right. course but of course you know it was just kind of always there but mm -hmm. but but it was a very very positive experience and the fact mm. you know when i got into the as a supervisor that's when i really started concentrating more on the safety aspect because as a chemist working in the lab you know going out taking samples, going into radiological areas and all that type of thing. I was, I was certainly uh, well aware of safety, but mm -hmm. it was really my safety. You know, right. I was, I was responsible for my safety and that's really pretty much the extent of what I really was concerned about. But now <clears throat> as a supervisor, I had all these people that were working for me. Yeah. I had at that point in time, uh, I think about 18 to 20 folks that reported to me. And now, you know, I, I was responsible for their safety. Yeah. Your, your circle widened, not just to, from an introspective position, like, like some of us experience when we're in our early twenties, but now, Oh man, there's people right. on my watch and I have to be concerned about them. Right. So it was a, yeah. it was a, uh, it was a maturing process for me. Um, you know, it was quite quite the eye opener for me that now you know I've got some responsibility for people. I wasn't I wasn't married at the time, so mm -hmm. I didn't have a family or anything like that. So, you know, I I, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't um, you know experienced that type of transition Being responsible, yet either. Sure. Exactly, exactly. Right. So uh, so anyways, so so that's that's where I was. I was in that position for I think about maybe five or six years. Uh, yeah. Good position. Good. Uh, you know, being a supervisor, again, you know, that carried me through for most of my my career. And then we came to a point where this uh, this nuclear plant was uh, actually in the process of uh, they were they were phasing out some positions because one of the units was actually going to be uh, <clears throat> shut down. Mm -hmm. And so about half half the workforce in that whole group, which I would say there was probably as full-time employees there might have been about a thousand full-time employees there mm -hmm. about half of those folks were they were assigned to one unit and the other half were assigned to the other unit you know mm -hmm. you didn't really mix too much so anyways at that point in time it was like all right you know these these positions are going to be phased out down mm -hmm. the road you know yeah. six months from now a year from now something like that so 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 i saw the handwriting on the wall you know, I didn't, I didn't lose my position, but I thought, you know, I, I, I don't know that I want somebody else to be making, making my, 
career decisions yeah. for me. Uh -huh. So I started looking for other opportunities. And within the same company, <clears throat> and not too far geographically from where I worked, there was a uh, another supervisory position that was becoming available. And it was it was in a, believe it or not, a hydro plant. <laughs> so I went from the high-tech yeah. <laughs> nuclear world to a hydro plant that was built in, well, it was right around, I think it was 1904. It was built wow. in 1904. So I was, I was fortunate enough to get that position. I was, um, mm. at that point, then I was uh, uh, operations supervisor. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And now, now I became even way, way more <clears throat> responsible, responsible for safety because there were, it wasn't a large workforce there. There were maybe 40 people, mm -hmm. but because you had so few people, um, you know, and there was only two supervisors <clears throat> and a manager. So my, my areas of responsibility was, of course, the operation of the plant, mm -hmm. which it was a run of the river uh, yeah. hydro plant. I mean, how what a what a shift for you, Harold, to go from the nuclear energy to you know, I mean, if you just wanted to crop up an image in your head when you said hydro plan, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you stepped so far back, it's like the water wheel, you know. Well, <laughs> you know? Uh, basically, basically that's true. I mean, I, yeah. I, I I'll, I'll put it this way: when I first got there, I felt like I died and went to heaven because it was like we didn't have procedures for this. Huh. We didn't, but you know, we we didn't have to get sign offs to do this task and that task and that type of thing. So it was like, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Now. Yeah. Course, was it, was it changed. though over time? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, that, yeah. that, that certainly changed over yeah. time because that, uh -huh. that was more, that was more indicative of the management that was there more so sure. than, you know, just the nature of the beast. But, yeah. but the thing about when, once I got there, you know, now, now I, I was actually responsible. Safety was one of my, Hats, okay. Hmm. So this safety, was in your job description now. I had safety, right. Mm -hmm. I had safety. I had training. I had environmental. I had mm. all the administrative functions. I had the operation of the plant. We had uh, recreational facilities. I was actually the representative to the National Water Safety Congress uh, that promoted, uh, <clears throat> public safety in, in power and uh, power generating hydro facilities. So I was the representative for that. And, and under that, under that umbrella, I dealt with the public and, yeah. uh, not now, now, now we're getting into a whole different area right. as far as safety, because now it wasn't only our employees that we were concerned about. We were concerned about the, the public while they were boating and mm -hmm. fishing mm -hmm. and, and using our facilities. Too. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and the environment, environmental aspects was part of my job responsibility too. So did you feel the weight of that then Harold? Do you remember, you know, as a, as a young person thinking, gosh, what have I stepped into here? Now I have, I mean, did that, did that feel mm -hmm. heavy to you? I was actually, it was kind of exhilarating. If, if mm. I'd step into it right now, it would probably mm -hmm. kill, kill me. <laughs> but, but at that time, at that time, I, I really thought it was great because yeah. now I had all these different things that, yeah. th that I could get involved in. And the nice, some of the nice things about it were like the, the, the environmental aspect of it. I mean, that went right back to my, 
my, my college major, you know, sure, with the biology, biology and the chemistry yeah. and all that type mm-hmm. of thing. So, I mean, that, that took me right back there. Professional fun you were having. Yeah, I, I was. And, mm-hmm. and, and the employees were, they were just basically the, the salt of the earth type of employees who just were wonderful to work with. Hmm. Uh, they were very, very, e- even though, you know, it wasn't like today's environment where safety is like really in the forefront. I mean, back in those days, you worked safe. The, the, these guys worked safe because that's the way they always did it. And that's mm-hmm. how they, that's how they got to go home at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. And these guys really lived safety. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. it wasn't just, you know, a flavor of the month or a buzzword or something. Yeah. These guys really cared about each other. And I, and I could see that like when a new employee would come in, they would really take this person under their wing and they would not allow them to do anything that, that could potentially be in, in a dangerous scenario until they had enough experience and these older workers had enough confidence in them that they could say, yep, you know, I've seen Carl do this before and I think Carl's ready to do this task. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, that was, um, um, that, that, that was kind of sobering to me when I saw that, how these, how these older employees would actually, uh, I mean, they felt totally responsible for <clears throat> the younger employees who were working with them. And, and that sure. was, uh, that that was another thing that I kind of, you know, carried inside me the rest of my yeah. career and and the rest of my life too. Right. And they also, they also, I'm sure saw anyone they were bringing on board as someone who eventually would need to have their back as well. And so they needed to have confidence that that person could have their back, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, do you remember Harold back then, you know, you're not necessarily brand new in your field, but like you said, this was the first job where safety was really an assigned duty. Um, and and you, you're put into a work environment that you've not been in before. Do you remember any of the things that you were learning by way of safety that surprised you that went, I'm, I'm sure there were lots, but do you, does anything stand out like, oh man, I never even thought of that as a safety thing? Well, yeah. I mean, like that was actually the first time. Now, of course, when I was a chemist working at um, at the nuclear plant, you know, I was I certainly was aware of uh, like safety data sheets, yeah. that, that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but now now I was responsible for them, you know, for the whole plant. So, yeah. you know, that was back in the day when we're t- talking early 90s now where, you know, the, the way the way you tracked your safety data sheets was you had a spreadsheet and you actually had paper copies of every every single chemical every single you know substance that you mm-hmm. used in the, in the workplace you, you had a paper copy there in a book you had like mm-hmm. I had like three or four books so yeah that was something that was kind of new to me and it certainly made sense that yeah you gotta ha- you gotta have this stuff here but again the first time i really you know needed to work with it yeah uh, it was certainly the first time when I ever dealt with uh, OSHA coming in. OSHA would come in for uh, just periodic inspections. And, mm-hmm. and of course, we did have a couple, uh, thankfully, not really severe uh, incidents while mm-hmm. I was there. But, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a new learning experience because I had never dealt with OSHA directly like that before. Sure. Um, just the, the training aspect of it, you know, again, earlier in my career, I took whatever training I was told I needed to take, but now I was actually responsible to look at what the 
people, you know, the jobs that they perform, do a task analysis and determine, okay, so this, because this employee does this type of work, they need, you know, X, Y, and Z training. You know, they go into an enclosed, confined space, so they need enclosed, confined space training. They also need enclosed, mm -hmm. confined space rescue training and what goes with that is respirator training and you know mm -hmm. all these all, <laughs> all these, the cascades all these, yeah mm -hmm. all these different things that you know kind of are all linked together mm -hmm. and now that that you know was my responsibility to make sure that that'll happen now we yeah. had you know I, I will say i was fortunate um you know throughout my whole career i worked for a very large company so we mm -hmm. had corporate safety people that would come, you know, visit from time to time. But we really were kind of like an island on our own. So, you know, we had to do a lot of this on our own. Right. So, yeah, as far as actually being, you know, responsible for uh, safety aspects, I mean, as far as the training goes to getting back to that, mm -hmm. you know, and I was, I was responsible to track the training and make sure that, you know, everybody, you know, okay, you sign an attendance sheet, make sure that, you know, that gets logged in. And again, that was just all all spreadsheets and that type of thing. We didn't really have, uh, you know, anything more advanced than that. So Right, right. So when you were when you were doing that work and really kind of finding your feet in safety, you, you had a corporate safety uh, a department or office, you said, at the corporate level. Uh, is that where you went for information or did you have a mentor at the time or how were you know, were you creating a lot of this stuff on your own or did you have, were you starting to build your network, I guess, of people yeah. you'd go to? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, some, some things were, were kind of in the infancy stage where, you know, we were getting into some new technology. So of course we need new training, you know, some different things like that. Mm -hmm. But, but this corporate safety group, you know, they were, they were in a role that they were kind of there to drive the higher levels of of safety but you know we were we were still kind of like an island on our own where ultimately yeah, it out. yeah ultimately we were responsible uh you know they would kind of like give us some general guidelines but okay so here's what you need to do but that was really mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. and the other supervisor and manager there it was kind of like our responsibility to figure out how to get it done. Right, right. Yeah. And so when you when you're in that particular role, your operations supervisor now and you've got a number of years of experience, you walked in with supervisory experience with people. Was it was it a little less bumpy or was it bumpy for you because you were the new guy? <laughs> uh, it was it was less bumpy, I would say. <laughs> because because now I had, you know, I had some time under my belt. Yeah. And, you know, I had some had some supervisory type training. There was actually one course. I think it's a I think it's actually a Ken Blanchard course. It's probably even still out there. It's called uh, situational leadership. Hmm. And that was one of the I, I would highly recommend if it isn't still out there. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it is. I would highly mm -hmm. recommend any one who's a supervisor, especially if you're a new supervisor. If you could take that class, you should, because what it deals with is, well, basically, you know, the title, situational leadership. You, you can't you can't be the same person. You can't have the same response to every single one of your employees, because what motivates one employee is not it, it could actually demotivate the other employee. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
one you know one way to deal with an employee you know some employees need you they they need you and and, and they welcome you being right there basically looking over their shoulder all the time but then you have another employee who they're at a certain level where <clears throat> they would resent the fact if you were looking over their shoulder all the time so yeah so so what i learned through that <clears throat> and what i learned through the experience of actually you know being a supervisor was that you need to treat people fairly but you definitely don't want to treat them all the same mm -hmm. that does not work never yep. did work one and, size does not fit all <laughs> no, no absolutely yeah. not so 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 when i when i you know was in that role there at the uh, at the hydro plant i'd say that was probably one of my best learning experiences of my whole career because I had so many different areas. Oh, I was a budget coordinator too. So, you know, I mean, you, you think, yeah, okay, you've got budget, you got environmental, you mm -hmm. got administration, you got, you know, all the, the computers, the IT stuff. You know, I wasn't an IT expert, but I was the one who was responsible to make sure, you know, Joe had a computer on his desk and, you know, that it worked and all that type of thing. Uh, so <clears throat> I had such a large area of so many different things. I, I, I I would say at that job, I, I never, there was never a time when I ever got bored because yeah. there was just always something new, mm -hmm, always something mm -hmm. new there. Mm -hmm. Sounds fun. It sounds fun. Mm -hmm. I, I looked quickly for our audience who's listening. Uh, situational leadership does still exist and it's through the Center for Leadership Studies. And so, um, I th yeah, I think that's the name of the, the corporation. Like I think it's the yeah. Steve Blanchard. I, I would highly yeah. recommend Anybody, if you have the opportunity to take it. In fact, I was even certified to teach that class. Um, and I, I taught that class many times throughout hmm. my throughout my career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <clears throat> what was the next stop on your journey? Well, at that point in time, here again, I, I seem to like always kind of like uh, jump out of the plane before it would crash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 get, I get out of that nuclear plant before people Your job actually, might be eliminated. Yeah, people yeah. lost their mm -hmm. jobs. And okay, so now I'm in the I'm in the generating facility. And it's kind of like a lot of companies are right now in the utility business. It's like, oh, we, we want to kind of like divest ourselves of any of our generation because a generation that's a that's an unregulated uh, environment. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the, as far as costs and profits and all that type of thing it's kind of like a, a very sharp edge and it's much more competitive where in the uh, transmission and distribution area uh, <clears throat> it's much more regulated so anyways <clears throat> the handwriting was on the wall again of my company was going to sell off all their generation and <clears throat> that's that's pretty much the direction it went so mm -hmm. again i uh I thought, okay, well, here again, I don't want somebody else being able to, you know, make my career decisions for me. So I started looking at what potentially, I, I always, see, that's kind of kind of like a little different philosophy than what I see today. You know, I see some of the generation, you know, since me, the, the millennials or whatever, I see them very much more uh, prone to go from one company to another. Mm -hmm. but that is a trend mm -hmm. yeah it is but you know back in that day and there were certainly people who did that but there were people who 
tended to, you know, stay with their company longer. And of course I did because I was there for 35 and a half years. So yeah. essentially, you know, I was looking for what, what else may be out there. And then I probably moved into the position that I enjoyed the most out of any of them. Now you, you probably think, well, you went from that hydro plant. You said you enjoyed it. I did enjoy that, mm -hmm. but moving, <coughs> excuse me, moving on to this new position, I actually enjoyed it more. And what that was, was I actually had to relocate by that. But this time I was married. Yeah. Okay. I had, I had, uh, uh, let me see. Yeah. I had both my sons. I have, I have two sons, um, had both by that time. We had to move. We moved about 60 miles east mm -hmm. because now I was working out of the corporate headquarters. Mm. And my response, I was working out of the corporate headquarters, but I was a regional employee. And we had the, the utility was broken up into corporate group and then each of the regions. Uh, now, these regions were, I was basically in eastern Pennsylvania, pretty much all of eastern Pennsylvania other than mm -hmm one other utility, uh, you know, that was our service territory. Mm -hmm. So I moved into a position where I was responsible for training and environmental. I was the mm -hmm. environmental co coordinator now for half of the state. And, and it wow. was, oh, I loved it. I loved that because now I was, boy, now this is, this is right down my alley now, you know, now mm -hmm. I'm going out, I'm going out on oil spills, you know, I'm going out, you know, dealing with, uh, uh, SPCC plans for, um, for substations, mm -hmm. you know, I'm dealing with, um, environmental impact studies of <clears throat> streams and, you know, we're having new construction. So, you know, any place in this area, that's my baby. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe sort of akin in, in a little bit of a way to what you thought you might do with environmental stuff when you, you know, your, right. your environmental wish job that you had when you were finishing college, you it know, was. What were you, it, yeah, it, it, it absolutely Mo moving was. out and about and yep. getting to see different parts of the state and meeting different people. Right. And, and, have, and, yeah. and, and even, even with that, you still have the safety aspect, of course, but yeah. then the other part of my job, <clears throat> which is something, see, I, I found out that when I was uh, at the, at the hydro plant, when I was responsible for safety, I found out that I really, really enjoyed presenting safety programs. I really mm -hmm. like that. Hmm. So, so this position, it just, I mean, it was perfect for me at the time because it was training and it was environmental. So the other, mm -hmm. the other side of that, the, the, the training aspect was I was responsible and it, it wasn't just for me to do the training. Although at that point in time, I did a lot of training. Um, I was responsible to make sure that all of the regulatory, whether it be OSHA, EPA, DOT, any of that, I was responsible to make sure that all of that training got done mm -hmm. for our regional employees. Yeah. So that involved, you know, rescue training. The vast majority of training I actually did myself. I had some other people working with me. I, I wasn't a supervisor now at this point in time. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have anybody reporting to me, which I guess... I guess kind of was a little bit of a relief for me too, because, you know, I like being a supervisor, but it does, it does wear on you. Sure. Because, you know, as you're going through, you know, 
somebody has an issue, somebody has a problem. Well, nah, that's your issue. That's your problem. Right. Whether and, and, it has to do with the direct work of the day or something personal. Absolutely. That's, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the personal aspects of it many times were, you know, they were, they were, were tougher to deal with yeah. than, than the work type issues. But mm -hmm. anyways, so, so, I, so I, I had the opportunity to step away. And as you'll hear as we get down the road here, only, mm -hmm. only for a few years. But, but for mm -hmm. a few years there, I, I didn't have anybody <clears throat> reporting to me. And now I guess I got to see, you know, but by this time, now we're at the point where everybody has a computer on their desk up to that point in time. You know, computers were... Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, you know, you know, like the, uh, they weren't common. They weren't common. Mm -hmm. Like, like the admin folks who back in those days, you know, they were called secretaries. Of course, now yeah. that's not the terminology, but mm -hmm. yeah, they, they did word processing like on, on the old Wang systems, that type <laughs> yeah. of thing. That's what they used. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, so now, now we're getting into the realm of, okay, so now you got a computer, you know, uh -huh. use that. We, we, we got a lot more sophisticated tracking systems for our training sure um i mean that was a <clears throat> there were some big steps forward there when we got to the point where we could actually we, I, I could look at one regional office and i could tell you in, in five minutes and 10 minutes or probably in 30 seconds i could tell you oh, okay you know joe schmo needs bucket truck rescue training you know he needs a cpr first aid training all that type of thing. I could tell that. Whereas before I'd have to pull out a whole stack right. of papers and look right. at that. Technology so, was becoming your asset um, for the, to be able to do the job. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there again, in that, in that realm, now again, safety was kind of overarching and all that because the training that was all really to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to meet safety requirements and the environmental was to meet safety requirements Right. Um, you know, you were you were saying, Harold, when you, you took this position, you were in, uh, uh, responsible for training in environmental and safety and DOT. And I think you listed off a few others. And and, you know, for our audience that's listening, when when people who aren't doing the work of a safety job, so maybe it's your boss, uh, maybe you're trying to explain what your work is to someone else. Um, oftentimes managers or presidents or CEOs don't really know what fits in that box of safety. So they always think it's just safety. Maybe it's just OSHA. Um, but that's, that's rarely the case. It's more of the experience that you had. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's on us as the safety professional to be able to educate the people to whom we report to what the breadth and the depth of that job is. Instead of them thinking, oh, they're just, the, you know, that annoying people that are just talking about lockout, tagout, or, you know, whatever it is. When, when in fact, you're trying to meet regulatory compliance with so many agencies, it makes your head spin. <laughs> That's certainly an issue because, you know, as my, in my role there, I mean, I had to report to, uh, report it all the way up to the whole regional president, mm -hmm. you know, the regional management, that type of thing. And, you know, you had to, you had to really be able to uh, convey to them, uh, you know, why it was important that we're doing what we're doing. You know, why, why is it important that we have these plans for a substation? Well, it's because, you know, we have the oil uh, volume there. We have the oil capacity and, you know, this is required by EPA. It's required by the state, mm -hmm. this type of thing, you know, as far as the training goes and safety. Well, you know, why, why does this employee have to do this rescue mm -hmm. training? He's probably... Yeah, he's never going to have to do it in his whole life. Well, true. 
but you know, there is that possibility that they might have to. So yeah, yeah, that, that was something that was, it was always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interested to hear, um, where this, where this role took you next. Well, you know, again, I was in the, uh, in that area now. So, okay. So I'm environmental and training training. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're going down through, now we're getting into mergers and, <laughs> and, and we're, we're getting into mergers and, uh, you know, one region would, and, and it was all, this was all now still internal to mm-hmm. the, the same company, but, uh, well, but you're ha- looking out and ahead like you had been for, since the well, beginning to say, yeah. is there an ar- arterial bleed coming up somewhere where I need to right. make it, a shift? It, <laughs> it, it, exactly. But n- now, either fortunately or unfortunately, there were some decisions made where, you know, I didn't really have, <clears throat> I didn't really have the choice. It was basically like, okay, so some some regions are going to get together, and this this was a painful time for me now in the, in this era because, okay, so you're gonna you're gonna combine two regions they're going to be still the same company but you know you don't need as many training people you don't need as many environmental people you don't need as many engineers all Mm -hmm. this type of thing so i went through the period of time here where i base i had to apply for my own job a number Mm -hmm. of times you know Mm -hmm. I, i was sitting outside my manager's management's office i saw people going on going and interviewing for my position oh how stressful yeah that was tough but 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 I, I survived all that. I survived all that. But but you kind of you, you kind of get that survivor mentality when you go through that because there's good people who you work with side by side. One day they're there, <clears throat> the next day they're gone. Really, no fault of their own, other yeah. than that position's not needed anymore. Hmm. So so that was kind of a tough time. Right. But, and what was, what was home like, home life like for you, for you then? I yeah. mean, by this time you've got a, you've got a spouse and some kids that you're raising. Yep. yep. That, that was not now, now I'm thinking about different things and what I ever thought about in my life before, because it's like everything was just, Hey, going, you know, I, you know, I, I get promotions and everything was just kind of like going along, you know, no problem, no problem. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, Okay, so 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 this job. Okay, so so now you're in this job, and guess what? It's posted. You have to apply for your own job. Yeah. So yeah, that was tough. I mean, my wife and I, we had a lot of uh, you know conversations about. Well, you know, maybe maybe you should you know look some other places. And I did during mm-hmm. that period of time. I looked I looked outside of my company because I thought. You know, I, this this isn't Who giving knows? me. Yeah, it's not giving yeah. me a lot of warm fuzzies. You uh-huh. know, I, I, I like I said, I see people who were good employees and 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 they left. So, so so that that mm. definitely that, that definitely was a lot of wear and tear on me during that yeah. period of time. But ultimately, what occurred was it basically had like an I'll call it an NFL draft where <laughs> okay. they looked at. Okay, I got this employee. I got this employee. I got this employee. Uh, you know, just like the draft. Okay, this guy, Pittsburgh wants this guy. You know, Seattle wants this guy. Well, it was like the train, the corporate training department wants this guy. The corporate environmental department wants this guy, and this other guy here. Well, I guess nobody really wants him, so we'll put him at the bottom of the list. And he's like one of those undrafted free agent type guys. Okay, uh-huh, yeah. but I was fortunate enough wow. to be good picked, analogy. Yeah, I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to be picked up. Okay. Okay, so Harold, now you're going to be in training. Okay, 
So now mm-hmm. I'm now I'm in corporate training, and, and that's essentially where I where I've been, you know, ever, ever since. That I'm pretty mm-hmm. much in in a corporate training group. Mm-hmm. And then were you responsible for all types of um, training, whether it was like you'd done before with um, safety and environmental and other regulatory bodies as well? Uh, yeah, pr- pr- pretty much so, because uh, what occurred was uh, now I had some other things kind of kind of by this time uh, in this corporate training group. You know, we were not only responsible for regulatory training which was like you know like i said the ocean and dot and all that type of thing but we also had a group that was responsible for more soft skills training like just for instance like this uh that situational leadership Mm -hmm. that i mentioned Mm -hmm. so i became i kind of worked in a couple different groups there because i had some of that experience from the past like i I got i got uh, i was a facilitator i got certified to be a facilitator Mm-hmm. And by Franklin Covey, like mm-hmm. I can do, I can do the seven habits of highly effective people and, sure. you know, some of those types of things. And I really enjoyed those. Uh, but here again, now, as, as I, I'm, I'm kind of looking out for myself as time goes by and I'm seeing, yeah, I, yeah, I'm seeing some of these soft skill type positions being looked at as, uh, do we really need these going forward? Do we need as many of these? <clears throat> but see, I had the background of the the hard training, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the, the with rest. the added benefit of this other thing, you you had right. effectively diversified your portfolio. I, I did, I, mm-hmm. I, I did, but uh, really unknowingly at one point in time, but but then certainly consciously later, and basically I was asked at one point in time, okay, Harold, you know, wh- where do you want to, you know, we, we want to keep you here in this group, and this is you know again another reorganization, of course. <laughs> Uh, you know, you want to go like the soft side or you want to, you want to go, you know, the regulatory training. Well, I, I went regulatory training and, and it was a good thing I did because that soft skills group, they kind of like floated off and kind of disappeared into the sunset, but I continued on. Mm -hmm. I I became during that period of time, then I became a a supervisor again. (laughs) And I, I, I welcomed it because Again, I, I like being a supervisor, but but there was a there was a part of me that kind of my gut was like, do you really want to get back into this again? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but That's I did a lot of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> but I did, and and I and I stayed in that then for the rest of my career. When I retired, I was a supervisor, <clears throat> and I was responsible for. Uh, now, now through different mergers and things like that, now, now I'm working for a company that has 15,000 employees. Okay. So now we're, we're big. All right. Mm -hmm. One of my responsibilities was, as you mentioned earlier, was actually with vivid learning. And I'll just, I'll just kind of tell you a little (laughs) bit about that because, because I was responsible for the regulatory training for all, uh, transmission and distribution, our, our generation side, and nuclear side, they had their own separate training groups. So now I wasn't, I wasn't dealing with any of that anymore. Now I was all transmission and distribution, but that, mm-hmm. but I was still, you know, I was still ten thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anyways, so so um, in two thousand and three, our company decided, you know, we go out, we do all this training, we do like, uh, uh, we do like ergonomic training, we do. Um, we do things like, um, you know, some of the rescue training, 
We do some of the like fire safety. We do, you know, mm -hmm. a, a variety of, of things like that. That was the just basically, safety, yeah. just basically it was refresher training. It, mm -hmm. Some of that type of training wasn't something that somebody actually had to put their hands on something and demonstrate to me that, <clears throat> you know, you can do CPR, you know, just sure. some basic, just some basic safety Mm -hmm. knowledge and you mm -hmm. know certain certain things like that mm -hmm. the well, theory-based stuff that meets the regulatory exactly yeah. mm -hmm. so so how so how do we do that how do we do that now without having to have uh you know training instructors go out and we had i think i think we we were covering service territory now in like six states so we're like all over the place wow and you said what did you say ten thousand employees under your purview or something like that there, there were ten thousand employees mm -hmm. under the under the under the transmission and distribution group who mm -hmm. <coughs> who my group <coughs> was responsible for giving them their regulatory training and i mm -hmm. I'd, I had good you know instructors working for me and all that type of thing but yeah that was our that was our responsibility so how do we get how do we get this routine refresher training done without having to go out and visit these people and stand in front of them? Well, we know we looked at some different uh, platforms. We looked at some different companies, and ultimately, what we did in two thousand and three, we uh, we brought Vivid in. We we <laughs> they they interviewed us. We we interviewed them. <laughs> This and, is long before I was with the company, uh, so I've not heard I've not heard this history. So this oh, okay. is fascinating. All mm -hmm. right. Well, yeah. Uh, I, well, I'll tell you right now. Most of the people that are in Vivid right now, they they were not, you know, around at that that period of time. Sure, we've grown a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so, anyways, um, you know, so we, we we looked at, you know, do, do you meet our needs? And yeah, the decision was made. <clears throat> let's start going to Vivid the Vivid yeah. training online training mm -hmm. and. You know, that was some major, that was some major growing pains with all that because, you know, we have we had linemen at that point in time that maybe never even touched a computer, and sure. so how so you know we had to have like uh, you know just some basic computer training classes so that people knew how to access a computer and you know use right. it and all that type of thing, and then then of course we had to uh, educate our supervisors and we had. Uh, administrators we made administrators who you know could add people and take people out and run reports sure. in the vivid system and all that and, well, and it was it was probably really a time also of n not only were you seeing right before your very eyes the evolution of technology from where you had started to where you were but many of the employees were too because it was you were probably early adopters to online training whereas you know, people today may have had experience or have experience with a computer or know how to operate their phone and navigate things in a way that people just simply didn't know because of the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, this was the first time we ever did anything like this. And most other companies, they didn't really have much experience with it either. And mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't really know if it was going to work for us or not, because, you know, the thing about it is, OK, so we're going to we're going to provide this training. Is OSHA going to even you know, Accepted. recognize yeah. this training uh -huh. is something that's, uh -huh. you know, that is something that's acceptable for, you know, for whatever. And mm -hmm. that was, you know, I got involved in that with, you know, with some ocean inspectors and things. And we you know we found out down the road that yes, 
all of the vivid content that we had, hmm. you know, when OSHA would come in, an incident would occur. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to see your, I, 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 we need to see your training records. Mm -hmm. I tell you, all the vivid, all the vivid course material <laughs> yeah. always held up, you know, it worked for us. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had, uh, it was a very, very much of a success for us uh, using that platform. And I guess the fact that it's 15, you know, almost 16 years later now, that that company is still using Vivid as hmm. their as their safety training, mm -hmm. refresher training. I mean, that, that says something for Vivid. <laughs> Thank it really you. does. It really Thank says you. something for Vivid. And, and I will say just from my own personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with Vivid um, as far as customer service goes, I, mm. I, I mean, I dealt with many, many, many vendors and many other contractors that, you know, we dealt with for training programs and w whatever it may be. And and not just saying this, but I've told other people, Vivid always second to none as far as your customer service response. Hmm. You know the, the the knowledge of of your employees and just just customer service attitude was you know second to none. Thank you for that. My coworkers will be thrilled to will be thrilled to hear that compliment because we do really work so hard on that aspect as being a differentiator mm -hmm. um, to our to our clients' experience, to our customers' experience with us. So and, thank you for that, right, Harold. You're welcome. And I, I'll tell you that's one of the reasons why you know, like when when I was asked to you know kind of help out with a few things here after I retired, I was yeah. thrilled. I was thrilled to be able to do that because. <clears throat> I've always been, you know, a great believer in Vivid and, you know, everything that you guys have done. And, you know, now, you know, now there's new products and things out there, things that, you know, <clears throat> I, I never really used in my past, but I can certainly see the value of them. And right. just, I mean, your, your, your group's a great group and, uh, you know, the evolution I'm, continues. <laughs> yep. Th thrilled, thrilled to be working with you. Definitely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For full disclosure for our, for our audience. Um, in Harold's retirement, we've asked him to be um, part of our focus group. We have a focus group at our company that's made up of safety professionals from around the country. Um, some are retired. Harold is, is, is our one retired representative, and we have people who span the, span the industry from just starting in their career to people who have been in it a long time in all different types of industry and in education. And we're so grateful to our focus group who really helps shape um, what our offering is going to be without sounding um, too commercially. The fun part is that we've codenamed our focus group, the Avengers. And so Harold is, Harold, you have a title in your retirement and it's Avenger. Yeah, and we're so go. grateful for your contribution <laughs> to it. But it sounds like you and I both, um, you know, before I joined Vivid, I too was in a situation similar to you where, you know, how are we going to get this training done with all of these employees um, you know, without having to hand write all of this curriculum and then figure out how to deliver it um, to the masses across um, multiple regions and states. And so just like you, um, I, I looked for a solution as well and chose Vivid and was um, in full disclosure, a client just like you mm -hmm. um, with, with Vivid um, many years after um, you had been experienced with the company. But yeah, thank you for that history lesson in, the, in that piece. It's interesting to hear how how you, uh, how we, how, how our company came to know you. And now I have the great pr privilege of getting to know you as well. And occasionally working with you sure. too. Yeah, well, it's, a, my, so, it's my pleasure. And uh, there's, there's kind of my life in a nutshell. 
Yeah, that, well, that's a pretty interesting nutshell. I mean, you weathered a storm uh, through the in the same company, um, but well, you had all these job changes. You know, you were you were saying before that different generations change jobs more often, um, but you're not necessarily unlike them. You just happen to make those job changes within the same organization. Oh no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like some people say, oh, you were in the same job for thirty-five and a half years. No, no I wasn't no. in the same job for thirty-five and a half years, and I actually moved, I moved, you know, physically like three times because yeah. you know it was different areas and right and and that so uh yeah it wasn't it certainly wasn't like you know and i i do know some people you know who have worked in the same job same location 40 years you know 50 years but no i've been mm-hmm. around a lot of different places without a right. doubt <laughs> right so harold for people who are listening to this who maybe are just starting out um what what would be your sage advice um, to someone starting in our career? Well, you know, some of the things I've seen over the years as far as safety goes is, you know, many, many years ago, it was more of a punitive type thing. Like somebody, somebody who was a safety professional was basically looked upon as a policeman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't see that so much anymore. <clears throat> now I see a safety person as more of a, consultant and more of a someone who's there to help you you know not to hit you over the head with a stick when you make a mistake so i think people you know people who you know aspire to be in the safety <clears throat> realm you know they, they really need to approach it in that way mm-hmm. you know i think i think something that's important for a younger person coming into the safety realm is to actually get out you know if, if you're going to be working with a group of people and you're going to be responsible for, you know, some of their safety. I, I, I never like to look at a safety professional and say, you know, you're responsible for my safety. You know, you're not, you know, each no. individual person is responsible for right. their safety, but, mm-hmm. but a safety representative or a safety manager, supervisor, whatever, <clears throat> they do have some responsibilities, you know, for an area. And, and I guess, <clears throat> I guess what, some advice I would say is, you know, get out, spend some time with those people, see, you know, see what they do. Don't just sit at your desk and, you know, fill out reports and, you know, Mm -hmm. fill in spreadsheets and that type of thing. Get out and get to know the people, get to know what their jobs are. And you're going to be a lot more respected than if you're just the kind of person that shows up when there's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My, my coworkers often ask, you know, like kind of profile what a safety professional is like, um, what are their jobs like, who are they? And I, you know, my response often is they are rarely ivory tower dwellers and those who are may not be very successful in their job because you're, you're right. It's this, it's so important to understand the workforce, the people you're working with, the type of work activities people are doing, not to do guesswork about it, but at the same time, it buys you, um, respect and trust with your with your with the employees um to whom you're responsible for providing the right education and training so they can be responsible for their own safety absolutely you, you certainly can't do that from a from a from an ivory tower perspective <laughs> no I've, and i've seen i've seen that approach you know i've seen folks in the safety group that you know they are they're the, the holier than thou type of personality where yeah. you know the only time you'll ever see them is when there's a problem mm-hmm. and then and then what they're coming out to do is to punish people you know to yeah. uh, 
come out with, uh, you know, we're going to suspend you. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, 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 and where that person, you know, that safety professional early on, you know, months before, a year before or whatever, they could have been out, you know, interfacing with these people and maybe seeing that there's a problem or maybe seeing there's a work practice that could be done, you know, more safely. And Prior at that to. point, mm -hmm. at that point in time, you know, make some changes. Then a year from now, you're not going to have to sit in a meeting where somebody got hurt. Right, right. Yeah. Harold, as we start winding up our time together today, I'm wondering, do you have a, a, a favorite safety story or maybe something impactful, something that, that kept getting you out of bed year after year to do the job? Or when people say, what did you do, uh, you know, in your <laughs> career? What, what's your, what's your um, favorite story, whether it's fun or whether it's um, something that um, is well, really motivating? Yeah, I, w I would just say, um, you know, I guess what, what motivated me more than anything was, you know, when I, like I say, I, I really, I really did like to provide training and I haven't really done, I didn't do much of that in my last few years because I had people working for me, but you know, it really, it really made me feel good and it really made me feel like I accomplished something when I, when I did a training class and somebody would come, some old grizzled lineman who you know hates training and did not want to be there mm -hmm. you know he come up to me at the end of the training and say you know what this is boring stuff but uh he made it interesting for me and i actually learned something mm -hmm. and you know just getting some feedback like that you know that, that always made me feel like okay i guess it's worthwhile doing what i'm doing i made some a difference for somebody right yeah, right. one just one that person. Day. I, mm -hmm, yeah, just, just that, that day. day. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But that day, you know, I, I did uh -huh. I did what I accomplished to do that day, and you know, that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that is that is our job, right? Yeah. And it it it's um and sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a whole group of people, yeah. and you and you never know. But um, knowing that we're we're laying our hand on that arc, and we're we're um, bending it toward toward a safer workplace and sending people home the same way they arrived is that's exactly that's, right yeah yep. that's it that's it well harold thank you so much for sharing your story with us and thank you for what you contributed to the greater good in all of our careers and uh those those ten thousand employees in uh in the in the east um it's it's a great body of work and thank you for sharing it with us today well, again, thank you for the opportunity. It was a real honor to be on with, with you here today. And uh, you know, it was, was my pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you all so much for joining in and listening today. And thank you for the work that you all do to make sure your workers make it home safe every day. You can listen to all of our episodes at vividlearningsystems.com or subscribe in the podcast player of your choosing. If you have a suggestion for a guest, including if it's you, please contact me at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.